What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. October 22nd is National Police Brutality Awareness Day. We're going to spend the next little while talking to families who have been directly impacted by state violence. We're joined this morning by Tan Hall, the mother of Miles Hall, who was murdered by the wall. Walnut Creek Police Department in 2019 while he was in the middle of a mental health crisis. Since day one, his mother has been fighting for justice, not just for her son, but for all families who have lost loved ones to state violence, including working for policy shifts like the recent 988 hotline. Good morning, Ton. Hi, good morning, Kat. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Uh, always good to talk to you, sis. Um, Tan, if you wouldn't mind, and you know, you can always tell me no. Can you walk us through what happened to Miles? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it was a, a lot of different um, failures from from our system that doesn't protect people who have mental health challenges. Um, I started seeing problems and um, situations with Miles that he needed some mental health help. Um, and I realized that there are certain criteria you have to have, danger to yourself, danger to others, or gravely ill, in order to get someone help. And um, so it was really difficult to try to get preventative help. So um, it was probably a, a two-year period where I was um, working, you know, made relationships with law enforcement. So they knew who Miles was. They knew his African-American skin belonged here in Walnut Creek. Um, I wanted to make sure that they knew he wasn't a criminal. Um, he just, you know, he, he believed he was Jesus. Um, he was diagnosed with a schizoaffective disorder the year before. Um, and we were hopeful that with preventative care, we would be able to find Miles help. And unfortunately, on June 2nd, when uh, we needed help, uh, Miles was killed uh, by the police within 30 seconds of them arriving on scene. Um, there was no, like, try to de-escalate. There was no compassionate um, care. It was they saw him and they saw his black skin in our neighborhood and immediately started firing. And um, two officers shot Miles and he was killed within 15 minutes. And um, our family obviously is devastated. Uh, I knew right away um, that we had to do something because of my experience, our family's experience of trying to get someone um, who has mental health challenges to get help, by, to get help. And, and that was now where I'm focusing my attention. Um, we've created the Miles Hall Foundation, um, which is, you know, our, our focus is to not have police respond to mental health phone calls, you know, mental health calls. And um, so that's, that's the work that we're doing. Um, and, you know, it was, there was a lot of city council meetings, board of supervisor meetings, and then, we took it up to legislation, and that's where you mentioned AB 988 is now in effect, um, and that's to basically not have police respond when they don't need to be there. Yes, you did immediately know that you had to do something. I, I mean, I've been doing this work for, for a minute. I don't know that I've ever seen a family member respond as quickly as you did. I think that I met you within 48 hours of Miles being murdered. Um, what, what was that? What, 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 what was that? Inside, that, that I, what I can only imagine was a burning desire to act. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it literally was like when my when I found out Miles was 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 deceased, and um, our family would never be able to hug him again. Uh, my mother and I were, and my husband, we were leaving the hospital, and I told them, "Oh, I know what my life's work is." So literally, he had been, you know, gone for a couple minutes at that point, and. I knew that it was time to do something. Like I, I just don't want another family to, to deal with the the problems, the 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 criminalization. And really, that's what it is, right? Because you're you're looking to police to to make determinations on your loved one, and they come with guns. It's dangerous. So that's you know that's exactly why we created the Mount Salt Foundation, um, just to make sure that their safe alternatives for someone having a mental health crisis. I think one of the most tragic things about your story, Ton, is that you, you really did, you and your family, your husband, really did try to do everything right, including establishing a relationship with the police Aww. department to make sure to make sure that they knew who Miles was. Um, yeah. And, and still. Yeah. Right. And what, that's what, the thing. Is, right? Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, you go. No, no, you Yeah, go. no, I mean, I, yeah, no, no, really, no. I mean, that's the, that's the, the devastating, I mean, it's all devastating, right? But the reality is when you look at where we live and the fact of all the preventive measures that we, that our family took, and they, they just came on the scene, the police, and they just saw him as a criminal. And they didn't come with that compassion and they didn't come with the care. They came with, we have to gun down this black man in this white neighborhood because he doesn't belong here. And that's, you know, there's so much work to do. There's so much work to do with implicit bias training. I mean, that's, that's, it's so deep, right? It's systemic. And that's, you know, as I'm taking this journey, our family's taking this journey, that's what I'm really learning. And that's also part of, you know, the Miles Foundation, too, is we want to, we do want to address systemic problems that are happening in race. Because it's, it's, it's killing our, our, our loved ones. It's killing our black population, indigenous people, like, we have to do something. Tan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for your work. Um, sending you massive amounts of love. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate the time again. And say his name, Miles Hall. Miles Hall. Okay, we're going to continue in this vein. Um, we're now going to speak to the sisters of Sean Monterosa, who was murdered by the Vallejo Police Department. We're joined by Michelle and Ashley Monterosa. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. I feel like I am lucky. I'm like this. We're talking so much the last couple of weeks. Um, Michelle, walk us through what happened to your brother. Yeah, so, on, as we all know, um, my brother was killed during the, around the time, uh, the, or the George Floyd uprising. Um, I remember on June 1st, we're at home, Ashley and I, and we're just, it was at home painting our nails, and sorry if this background sound, um, and I remember we're at home eating with my mom, painting our nails, just having a great time in the kitchen because all you could do, you know, we're locked up um, at home because the shelter in place. Um, 
I remember Sean's last text message to us was at 11.40 or 50, actually, I believe. And it said, hey, guys, can you guys help me by signing this petition to get justice for George Floyd? And we responded saying yes. I responded saying yes, and that's what we acted with a heart. And it, I didn't think anything of it, you know. I We did it, and then Ashley and I just went to sleep. And I remember us getting a phone call. I think it was around 1.30 in the morning or um, 1 in the morning, actually. And the call was, Sean's dead, Sean's dead, Sean's dead. And I'm like, what? You know, I might, literally, once I got that phone call, I remember my, like, stomach sinking, like, my heart sinking to my stomach. I'm feeling sick and nauseated. And we all shared locations on our phone. So I looked up our phone and it said 1050 Redwood Street, Vallejo. And I'm like, Vallejo? What's Sean doing in Vallejo? You know, so he hadn't even say, said anything to us about being in Vallejo. Um, so in that moment, I just, again, rush of emotion. So hella sick. We drove. We, yeah, I, would, I told my parents, I'm like, hey, I don't know what's going on. I don't care about this curfew in place right now. Like, I just want to go. I need to go find out what's going on. Like, why would we get a phone call like this? Sean's not answering. Like, something's wrong. I don't feel good. Um, so we're in San Francisco. So it took us a minute to get to Vallejo. And I just remember I just tried to go drive as fast as I could because, you know, just feeling emotions and just feeling sick as I went there. And by the time we got there, we went to 1050 Redwood Street. It was taped off. Um, no officer wanted to help us, of course, <laughs> or give us any guidance on what's going on. I went with, and kept showing, like, a picture of Sean and Ashley kept showing the ping location. where like, well, our brother's phone says it's here. Like, what's going on? What happened? They were like, we just can't disclose anything. Um, but you can go to the hospital right down the street at Kaiser and go see if they can give you any information. So we go to Kaiser, get to the same deal, asking them, hey, we don't know what's going on. We're not from here. You guys help us. Our brother's phone was pinged at this location. But and at that point, there was a bunch of officers from surrounding cities. Um, it wasn't just all the LAOPD there. And they were like, well, we can't have you guys go inside. It's locked. It's in lockdown. Anytime there's an, the way he said it, anytime there's an officer involved shooting, that like, we have to lock up these hospitals. And we're like, what? And we couldn't process what he was saying. Um, so then again, he said, you know, you sh if you want more information, you should go all the way to um, the police department. So we go to the police department. And mind you, this is like three in the morning. We're in a city we don't know anything about. Uh, all I remember, you know, growing up, all I knew about Vallejo was the artists who make it out of Vallejo and then Six Flags. So for me, I'm just like, I don't even know where I'm driving. I don't even know where I'm going. So we go to the police department and it's pitch black. There's nobody there. So they already knew no one was going to be there because they're all outside, right? And then we go to another hospital, and I believe it's the Sutter Health Hospital, and we're trying to get answers there too. And they're like, "Hey, this is not a, an emergency uh, hospital. This is more so a hospital that we take in um, patients who are going through chemotherapy and stuff like that." Um, but the guy said, "You know, I was listening to the the dispatch, and I just want you to to prepare yourself. What I heard was not." It's not something you guys want to hear, and you guys should go back home and start preparing to get a phone call from your family. And I still couldn't process what that meant. So again, I go back to Kaiser, <laughs> and I'm sitting there at Kaiser, and I'm like, Ashley, what do we do? She's like, let's go try to and go to, um, to 1050 Redwood Street one more time. So this already, I don't even know what's going on. Again, I'm feeling sick to my stomach because I just feel... I just felt like something just, what we knew could have happened, 
happened, right? And we go to 1050 Registry again. And, but we go on the back side. And on the back side, we just hear them saying, there was an officer for, is it Susanville? I believe the word is, they were from Susanville. And um, they're holding it. They're already holding, one was holding an AR-15 in his hand. They were in front of their car. They were, like, talking about it and holding it and joking. I mean, I should just kind of, like, sneak up on them. They kind of got a little rattled. They're like, and I, me again, I was like with the picture and I showed the location. And he's like, what are you guys doing here? What can we do? And we're like, hey, I've been, we've been here since two in the morning trying to get answers. No one's helping us. Like, I'm at this point, like, we're not from here, but we just want to know what's going on. Uh, my brother's paying phone is here. I was like, can you at least go over there? And this is when I can kind of, we're on the backside too. I, you could kind of just see everyone, all the uh, detectives, officers all surrounding one area. So I was a little taken, confused why they were so far back, but, you know, they were blocking it off. And he says, okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to go see what they tell me. Um, the other officer then tells the other one to put his, his gun away in the car while me and Ashley are just standing there. So it's kind of like, well, why, you know, I, I, I just kind of, I, I couldn't process anything, honestly, Kat. It was just a night of just, I don't know why everything we have to go through, they, they did to us, right? So that he comes back and he's like, hey, what they told me is that um, someone died on scene and then the other people got booked in. So maybe your brother could have gotten booked in. I'm like, again, no one's telling me what's happening. He said, you can go on and cellmate uh, locator, try to see if your brother's in there. I go, and there's nothing there. And then me and Ashley again drive back. This is already like, I believe, 5, 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 in the morning, and we're sitting in the car, and Ashley's like, well, let's just call 911 and try to get, um, maybe they'll help us, right? We call 911, we explain the situation, they said, okay, I don't know what to do, but you guys can call the watch commander. So she tra transfers us to the watch commander. The watch commander says, what can I do? And we explain the situation. He's like, what's going on? What's the name? And we say the name, and he said, we said, we said Sean Monterosa. And then he's like, oh, well, you're just going to have to find out on TV like everyone else in the morning. <gasps> you know, so that was that was it. So for us, we're like already feeling sick to our stomach. Like, OK, I'm like, I'm in the city. I don't know anything. We call our mom and our mom's like, come home and let's just pray. Let's just pray. You know, let's just pray that, you know, nothing wrong happened. And, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's hope for the best. So. After that, I was like, OK, it's already 530 in the morning. Let's just go back to San Francisco and regroup. I couldn't even sleep that night. I remember just getting back to San Francisco and um, we're just all worried, feeling sick, trying to look at our phones. Then by that point where it's the next day, it's uh, June 2nd in the morning, right? Yeah. And um, we get a text message of uh, a, a, an article that BPOA or the police department released with no to name, no name, not really explaining what happened, not the status of the condition of the victims or anything. So um, we started to get phone calls. It's like, this doesn't sound right. Like, usually they tell you what, you know, like the stat, like the condition of, of, a, of the individual, and they didn't say that. Um, and that I think it was around 12 p.m., Ashley. Uh, Ashley had, she was like, you know, we can't find him. He's not in the in the system he's not the, the hospitals that say that he's not there then ashley said i feel like i need to call the coroner's office so ashley called the coroner's office and they're like can we get your name 
She gives him the names. He explains the situation. The lady says, I'm just surprised that no one's called you guys yet. You know, at that point, it's been more, I forgot what she said, but it's been some, it's been a while now. But um, she told Ashley just provide me with his information. And all I remember at that point, because we thought, okay, maybe if we drive back again to Vallejo, someone, because it's the daytime, someone give us information. I'm crossing literally the Bay Bridge. And then the lady said, oh, no, you guys don't need to do that. Like, they'll contact you, but he's here. And that was it. Wow. I, 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 I had never heard all of those details before, and, and I'm so sorry. We've got Daryl and Blueford waiting to, to get on the phone. Um, but Ashley, uh, Ashley, if you want to just take 60 seconds and, and talk about that you actually did recently receive a victory. Uh, the, I mean, as yes, much as there well, can be a victory in this. Yeah, so it's been almost almost three years, two years and a half, and we've been pushing and fighting and putting our bodies on the line and organizing and doing everything we can that about two weeks ago, Chief Shawnee Williams of the Vallejo Police Department decided to officially terminate Jarrett Tom, the officer who shot and killed our brother. All right. Well, we're going to continue uh, to to uplift your case and follow your case and and be in this fight with you. You all have been all over the country uh, trying to enact change. Um, thank you so much for joining us and for your work and for your passion. Sending you mad love. Thank you, Kat. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We've been talking to Ashley and Michelle Monterosa, the sister of Sean Monterosa, who was murdered by the Wal Cre Walnut Creek Police, excuse me, by the Vallejo uh, Police Department on June 2nd, 2020. A note that the Vallejo Police Department is the most murderous police department in Northern California. That title used to uh, belong to the Oakland Police Department, but organizing gets the goods. Okay, on, on May 6, 2012, 18-year-old Alan Bluford was shot and killed by former Oakland Police Department officer Miguel Masso, joined this morning by his mother, Gerilyn Bluford, also the founder of the Alan Bluford Center in Oakland. Good morning, Mama J. Good morning, Kat. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Mama J. We have just a short amount of time. I, I, I want to start with actually... Um, what you're doing this month, October, you know, and the 22nd is National Police Brutality Awareness Day. You and I talked a few weeks ago, and I understand that um, as part of your ongoing support, which has been happening ever since Ellen was murdered, you're, you're doing some some nice things for families that have been impacted by state terror, yeah? Yes. Well, um, first let me give my condolences to the family who was speaking um, before I came on. Um, I have my heartfelt condolences and will be keeping your family in my prayers. Um, what we do at the Allen Bluefer Center for Justice, it is a place that was um, dedicated in honor of Allen's memory to help heal the community. A lot of times people don't understand that when you lose a loved one, as a mother, yes, you're devastated, you're torn apart. Um, you have no idea of how to get back to a regular life because there's a huge void that is left. And um, as a mother, I had to work on myself because 
I was still responsible for children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews in a community that had been hurt at the, at the same way that I have been. And so what we do is we give resource information on how to get therapy or how to uh, find um, legal advice, how to uh, help one another in love and unity for the community and, and let them know that that they do have someone that is there for them to help them through it because a lot of times it's the siblings, it's the cousins, it's the um, aunts and uncles. Of course, we know about the parents, but what about the people that are left behind that are just distraught and have no way of knowing how to get themselves back to who they were before this loss? And so we do outreach to to help the siblings and loved ones help them heal their broken heart and so um that's what we're working on and we're also trying to catch because the the school district you know it's all everybody hands on right now for our school district it starts in the schools it starts um with our younger kids it starts in the communities it's all hands on deck right now with the violence you talked about Vallejo, but this is a nationwide global epidemic it happens everywhere but we as people need to come together united in the unity of our faith to fight this because there is a ongoing systemic um thing that's happening the proud boys the oath carriers the oath keepers and all the people who are putting out the narrative that this is okay it's it, even if you're a police officer you don't have to abide by the oath that you're taking to protect and serve you're just out there because you feel like you could be God and take judgment in your own hands. And that's not the way to do it. We have got to weed out the bad apples so that we can have, um, we can harvest positive uh, growth and fruit from our, uh, each other and not just fall apart and, and allow this to happen. Officer Masso broke 15 policy regulations in the murder of Allen and the city did not never say anything about it. It wasn't a T died in 2012. We didn't get information about what happened until 2019. And that's because of our ongoing fight and people like you in the community that helped our platform to tell our story. I, I knew we needed to end with you, uh, Pastor Blueford. <laughs> um, what, what is, uh, we've got literally, and I'm sorry, Mama J, we got literally like 60 seconds. Uh, any activity okay. specifically happening at the center this month? And if people want to uh, know more was, about Alan and, and how to support you, where do they go? Yes, we, it's 2434 Telegraph in the city of Oakland, California. And a telegraph is one of the most traveled streets in Oakland. So anytime, if you have, um, you can reach us on our Facebook page at the Allen Bluford Center. Anytime you have any questions or you need any resources, you can contact us there um, via Facebook or to stop into the um, 
Center, and we are doing a healing retreat for organizers and people who are working in the community because a lot of times we need the self-care as well. And so we're supporting the um, Police Brutality Day on October 22nd of all the actions that are going on in the city of Oakland, and then we'll need to replenish and refurbish and self-care, self-love one another in the city to empower and to heal the broken heart. And and God will bind up their wounds. You are such an inspiration. Mama J, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for the work that you do. And again, my condolences to every family. This is a day that our hearts bleed and our hearts hurt, but we can heal and we can get better. And thank you and God bless. That is the voice of Geraldine Bluford, Bluford, mother of Alan Bluford, who was 18 years old when he was murdered by Miguel Masso, formerly of the Oakland Police Department. I just want to note that Miguel Masso shot Alan in the back. Alan was unarmed. He shot himself in the foot and initially tried to blame it on Alan. Um, was quickly discovered that that was a lie. Yet and still, despite the 15 policies he broke, District Attorney Nancy O'Malley ruled that shooting justified. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox High. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.